Hi, and welcome to the debut episode of Buzzwords and Music. I'm your host, Buzz Amato. Over the course of this weekly podcast, I will be talking with musicians, producers, film directors, composers, industry professionals, music educators. Well, you get the idea. We're going to talk a lot about music. I've been doing a video version of this podcast on Twitch over the last few months, and with the response I was getting, I decided it was time to bring it to a potentially larger audience in the form of this podcast. I hope you'll tune in each week, and please feel free to share your thoughts with me at buzzwordsandmusic at gmail.com. For the premiere episode, I'm running an edited version of an interview that I did with bassist, composer, arranger, producer, author, educator, and artistic director for Blue Canoe Records, Joseph Patrick Moore. His latest CD, Nevada Sun, is available for purchase on most digital outlets and at his website, josephpatrickmoore.com. Those of you wishing to enjoy the entire interview, you may find it on YouTube under Buzzwords and Music. I hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be doing this weekly, so come on back, and for now, let's get started. In addition to working together live, we've done some recording together. You've played on a CD or two of things that I produced. That's right. The Melissa Allen CD, you're almost the featured artist next to her because everything was built around your bass. That's so weird. Crazy concept, but it's just weird for me, you know. (laughs) And and it, it was weird to begin with, but it really worked. It's still, to this day, one of my favorite records. And then I think I worked with you on Soul Cloud, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. That Actually, you were basically the producer but just do the scheduling you know yeah that's i was that's when i was going through a bad time and anybody that kno- that knows joseph and for those of you who who don't joseph doesn't like to wait around when joseph wants something to get done <laughs> well, and uh, and i totally understood that yeah, but yeah. we we did manage i think i wrote a couple of songs was yeah, that the I wrote one? a couple of tunes and you were in the studio on several of those sessions but i know there were several sessions where Jan rico scheduling it wouldn't yeah you know you yeah be in there but in all technical purposes you were the producer you know you've done probably 12 13 cds now two compilations uh never neverland was your first that's right this morning I had Nevada Sun on, which is your newest CD. Well, man, that's some, so. Can I just talk about those two things? Please you, do. You talked about Never Neverland, which was my first album that I did, and that was uh-huh. '96. And then I did a lot of other projects, and then to Nevada Sun is my latest one. And so Never Neverland, Soul Cloud, and Alone together, my first three albums are now discontinued, and you can no longer find them except for my website. Give people your website. Oh, it's, it's uh, josephpatrickmoore.com, josephpatrickmoore.com. So those are exclusive only on my site, but I took those three albums down. I basically discontinued them in, in terms of uh, Amazon, iTunes, all the usual suspects, Right. wherever you get your music. I discontinued them because, well, at the time I released them, I was like proud about it. You know, I was proud about all three and, and each one of those albums had its moments. 
But as I grew as an artist and a musician, and let's let's like fast forward, you know, years later, a few years later, many years later, something popped up on my iTunes, but I heard it from the album, and I was like, this doesn't sound very good to me. And so I started kind of panicking. <laughs> so I actually, went, I went back to those three albums and listened to them, and I was like, man, I'm not digging it at all. Like, I, I just, there were so many issues with my playing with the some of the way it was recorded on some of them i i just grown so much so that said i decided i'm going to kind of reset the plate i'm going to make these just kind of <laughs> and take the the couple cuts that i think are okay i'm going to take those and, and then use recycle those later in a compilation or whatever so that kind of happened and now nevada sun Man, I'm still growing as a musician, as an artist. It never freaking ends, you know. And uh, well, and and in ten, fifteen years time from now, I hope you're not. gonna take you're <laughs> gonna you're gonna take that down because no, I won't. <laughs> no, no, listen, no, I hear you. That's very possible in my mind, but I, I just feel like of all the things I've done, Nevada Sun is the closest I've ever actually felt like I'm starting to finally find a voice for myself because. As a bass player, you know, playing on sessions for you or different producers and, and engineers, I've always been a, a utilitarian, you know, if, it's, if, if it just needs whole notes, that's what I'm going to do. If it needs something more, you know, if it needs upright or fretless or slap and pop or all these that, I was that is playing an art for, form. Well, I was playing to the song, to the producer, what the artist mm -hmm. wanted, and to the engineer. Sometimes it, those magical things happen where... I can add that and it's something that I would hear and they actually like it. And then there's other times where I have to dial that down and play maybe something I wouldn't necessarily play, but, it, but it, it's making the song work better and it's making everybody happy. So anyway, right. all that to say, doing all these sessions, I felt like over time, I kind of never found out who I am. Like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, you know, it's just like trying to make every the situation happy to serve the song, make everybody happy. But I never really felt like I found my voice until. But, the but now it's still but, not there. But I, I'm a little close. <laughs> it never, never land. But don't you think that all those things are what brought you to Nevada Sun? Yes. In, in other words, you know that. Hey, don't play eighth notes there. Just no, I just want that whole note. All those kind of things, they're still you. And they're still part of how you play and what you bring to the table. One of the things that I always admired about your playing and your musicality is that you bring so much more to the table because, you know, we've talked about Led Zeppelin before, Beatles, Death Cab for Cutie. Sting and the fact that you draw from all these influences shows in your music and it shows in your musicality more importantly. Well, thank you, Buzz. I really appreciate you pointing that out. Man, I've just had so many of these like pockets of like these weird intervals of where I'm in this little zone and then I'm in this zone. I'm just like all over the place. I'm influenced by so much music. In fact, I do want to say some props real quick. Uh, I just created a whole bunch of playlists that right now are on, are on Apple Music. Uh, they're on my website. You could find a little thing called Playlist, and if you click it, and I have classical and country and like all these huge playlists with yeah. the stuff that I'm listening to. 
and things that I enjoy. So you can check out those playlists. They all have um, one thing in common. It's, yeah. mu it's music. Well, I think it was, I know Duke, El I mean, Duke Ellington said there's only two kinds of music, good and bad. I, I don't agree with that necessarily. I know, I know what you mean. But then Ray Charles, to me, is a deeper one that no one really quotes a lot, which is every music has its own soul. And it's like, nice. you know, and, I, and I've always found that to be true. Now, you may not like it, but it's, it, there's, there, if it's heartfelt and it's telling a story. I, I was going to say, if it's, if it's done well and, and you can feel the integrity in the music. Great word. I'm 100% for it. I agree. Now, now, so to unpack all that, I'm influenced by so much, even stuff that's not music at all. Where I get in trouble is when you put all these different influences, hopefully, again, I'm trying to find my voice through all that, right? Because I've been inspired by so much. I'm trying to figure out who I am and trying to get all those things into a cohesive yeah. thing. Getting closer, I'm not there yet, but the problem on a business side is I've got a Latin tune, I've got a blues, I've got, uh -huh. a, I've got a bebop tune, I got a metal tune, I got like right. all this stuff. And it's like on a business side, okay, how are we going to market this? And I hate to even think like that because I'm just a creative person. I just want to create. Right. But I, th this but. brings me to another thing real quick because you, you know, you're like, how do I market all this? For people who don't know, you created Blue Canoe Records. Essentially, you were the first digital, and here comes that word again, that digi a digital jazz label. What prompted you to start Blue Canoe Records? The label started with Never Neverland, Soul right. Child, uh, Lone Together, and then two college friends of mine that we played together, William Ellis, drummer, and Sean Perkins, a guitar player, we had a group called the EMP Project. Right, yeah. Named after our last names. We did two albums, but when we put that out, man, we all felt like we're excited about it. You know, it was a, it was a, a jazz trio. That was the whole record. Yeah. You know? I mean, that was the whole point about us getting together and doing it. It was like, man, we got to find a jazz label to put this out. We got to really try. Uh -huh. So, dude, I, I went to Barnes & Noble and bought some big record label book with all the record label addresses and right. I, like mailing out copies and letters and like, please, God, somebody help us. I did that because I knew how hard it was putting my own three CDs out. It's like just the challenge, man, it's just it's, it's really challenging. So Absolutely. To get people to even pay attention to it. Anyway, I got one response and it was from the great drummer Peter Erskine. Who wow. He responded in an email, and I still have it saved, actually, uh -huh. believe it or not. Um, but basically, the gist of it was, hey, uh, we're a small label. We're not taking any artists, but the time is now, and you should do it yourself. You can do this. And he kind of broke it down a little bit. Oh, wow. And at that point, that was the only response I got. And it was like after a quest of like three or four months, and everybody's going, what are we doing without? And it's just like, you know what? F this, we are going, we're just going to, are just going to do it ourselves. And so that's initially how Blue Canoe started was with EMP. And then I brought my three albums over, which I've later discontinued, as I said. And then it just started, man, it's just been a snowball down the hill, dude. How has technology affected what you're doing now? We've both watched the technology go from having a little four track recorder or something at home to now having unlimited tracks and being able to do just about anything. So how has that affected you? Man, it's actually, it's affected my pocketbook. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's actually made me grow and learn because I actually realize what is really good sound. Like I just let's just hear one note and let's make that one note as big and rich and huge as possible. And so I started learning that it doesn't matter so much about the DWA, like Cubase, Logic Pro Tools. Right. That, that's almost a side note now. What really matters is your interface where you plug, plug that initial source in. And I'll even go to, well, it actually matters the instrument you're playing, you know, how that, that's set up. Sure. But even the cable from the bass to the interface should be, in my opinion, as good as a cable you can get because that's the source. Yeah. Just base into an interface. But then I think the in technology, I guess to answer your question, it's gotten better, sounding better, and it's gotten more affordable. So like what I can buy now, when I was doing a loan together 20 years ago, would have cost me, It would I just couldn't have afforded it. Yeah, you would have had to mortgage the house. <laughs> basically. So technology's allowed that to sound, to, to, to every, the bar is raising for everybody. You know? And how has it shaped your, your writing? That's a great question. I don't know how to answer that really, except I'm trying to allow more space in my music because um, there's some times where I just feel like I've just got to constant, there's always got to be sounds coming from somewhere. Right. And sometimes I feel like it's kind of nice if something's just sitting there resting before a big climatic moment. And I guess to your question, because things are sounding so good where you can just hit that one note and it sounds so good. Right. Like that alone is beautiful. And then when everything else comes on top, then you can orchestrate and instrumentation wise, you know, appropriately. Have you found that when you're writing, you you write like I typically don't write at the piano because I feel like I'm limited to what I can and can't play. Interesting. So you can hear more than, you know, I always say, God, I wish I could play what I hear. And technically, we should all be able to do that, but it's right. not always technique right. becomes a reality. So the technology has allowed me to construct the song. And then even if I can't manipulate it the way I would real time, I know that in the DAW, I can make that happen. And Sometimes I might just be, you know, I get a new piece of a new VST or something. And, you know, you, you thumb through all the patches and stuff and then you hit something and you're like, Ooh, what was that? Magical and, moments. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, the next thing you know, you're creating. Totally. So do you still write primarily sitting, sitting down in your, in your studio playing bass or do you, just have an idea, put it to pencil the paper, and then work it out from there? Or is there even a formula? I shouldn't say formula, but is there a method that works best for you? That's an awesome question. You know, man, I would say all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, most, not, uh, you know, seven out of 10 times it's coming from the bass. Like I'll be practicing or playing through a chord progression or whatever it might be, and, and like, ooh, I kind of like that chord progression, and might quickly grab my iPhone and just record the idea, and then I put it away, and then I kind of go back to practice again. So I got all these ideas that are, I've actually been going through, you know, and sometimes that kind of just happens, like when I'm working through something, I'll stumble upon something. And what I've learned is, 
it, it's one of those where I'll like, I won't forget this. And I'll play it. <laughs> I won't forget this. I got this. I'm going to record this tomorrow. And I wake up the next day and it's like, uh, what was that first note? Uh, right. You know, and it's like, I found, man, it's really important when you have those moments, they're very fleeting. It's like, I just feel like it's like, you know, to get spiritual, but I feel like God comes through and gives you yeah, this, it boom. And if you don't like, if you're not present enough to acknowledge it, it it's, you, you're going to lose it or it's going to never be what it was. It will go to someone else. You're just, you're just the conduit at that that's, point. That's a great word, Buzz, conduit. So I try to grab my phone and, and jam that idea down just to document it. Now, I do sometimes just write thinking about ideas. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. I was listening to Death Cab for Cutie, uh, an alternative rock band. And I kind of dig them. And uh, I was hearing some tune. And I was hearing the tune as a, you know, just enjoying the music. But it, this gets into a whole deep thing. <laughs> okay. But so I have like. It's okay, weird, we're here for deep. Okay. I have <laughs> like these weird compart car compartmental spaces in my my subconscious i guess where i listen to the music and how does it make me feel blind exactly song. and then i get deeper as a musician i'm like let me check out that bass let me what's the guitar player doing you know then i go deeper into man let me really dig that melody in those lyrics right and then and then i step back and then go wow let me listen to that production listen to how the mix engineer did this thing here or listen to the way it's so now I'm into this whole mixing thing. Then I try to just step back and just try to hear the whole thing. But actually one of those I didn't mention was actually hearing the song form and kind of the arrangement of the song right. instrumentation and song form. So anyway, to your point, I was listening to one of their tunes and I was like, man, this particular song arrangement is really cool. That would make a cool idea. Not ripping them off, harmonically or groove-wise or anything, but just in terms of a song form, I was like, wow. It was just kind of an interesting, odd meter bars. Anyway, so there's that, and then I'll just, I'll just stop with this, this last question. No. I, I played with uh, Earl Klug, jazz guitarist, in mm -hmm. 2010, I did a tour with him, and that's a long story in itself, but I found out that Earl, and this is true, I confirmed it with him, he actually does not write from the guitar, he actually goes to the piano Huh. And he writes from the piano, and, he, and then he picks up his guitar and he tries to figure out how to play what he just played on the piano. I do the opposite sometimes. See, that's, that's, I, ha I have a guitar here. Yeah. Every time I sit down at the piano, I kind of know what I'm going to do. Okay. I don't on a guitar. And sometimes I come up with a little riff or a chord, and I'm like, what the hell is well, that? Well, there you go. There you go. And that, that's, that's right to where he was coming from. So taking that cue of like playing something that's not in your comfort zone. Like I have a pink, you can't see it, but I have a weighted key piano here and I have a right. here. And so I've actually been really studying chords and piano and I'm super hack pianist. I, I would never consider myself a piano player at all. Which in terms of <laughs> that's sleep, two of us. <laughs> oh, dude, no, no, Buzz, you're great, bro. You're amazing. No, so I just, I've been studying chord progressions and 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 how to voice certain chords and then i'd mm -hmm. actually go into my bass and trying to figure out is there a way i can tap these voicings on the bass right. how can i get that so that's something i've really been working huh. on really is kind of my main practice thing right now is i'm studying chords like a like a mad mad dog you know just trying to up my harmonic game so then when i actually do come to write i have a lot more harmonic knowledge and and think ways i can orchestrate and arrange things
Right. So the thing kind of to where we've been kind of rolling with this conversation is now I think looking at the scope, I'll be 52 in like a couple months, right? So I've been around the block for a little while now and it's like, I feel like the generation now and what's going on now, you have to wear so many hats. When I was in school and when we were playing those gigs and I was working on Bill Street, at that time, man, there was no internet, no cell phone, no, nothing. You just, you better be good on your instrument, show up and play the gig and do the best and right. hang and do all that. But now, man, you got to have all these, you got to, you know, I mean, I don't want to, you know, everybody understands where I'm going with that. So it's like, you have yeah. to have a lot of things necessary in place to get whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, before everything was passed off to the next person. Exactly. You know, I played my part he or she records that part then someone mixes that part then it has to go to someone who's going to master all of this and then to someone else for the album artwork and then someone Exa else exactly so, record label somebody else will take care of this for me so you've got a half a dozen 10 people in the mix right uh of of doing your record where now more times than not it's just us it's just us but i think about a 20 year old kid right now who might even be watching this like not only are they being creative doing the thing they're actually mixing they're bouncing out they're shooting video they're editing video they understand social media they're throwing it up all over the place they probably do a quick album artwork and then by tomorrow it's on cd baby and i yeah like like that you know like single 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 now having said that I'm 67, so I, I'm a, I've been around the block a little more and kind of got <laughs> run over by some of the cars <laughs> along the way. But the thing I notice is that there's a lot of music that's very solitary sounding. There's something that happens when I'm in a room and you're in a room and we play together that can't happen when you send me a file or I send you a file. You just hit on the the whole sum of the whole thing because that's exactly what's missing in a lot of the music now because if you are the engineer and you are the producer and the composer and the musician performer and you're doing all this at some point there's nothing else to draw from like if it was you and me in a room it'd be like hey man i would do something and then that would cause you to do something which would then cause me and it'd be like oh i would never have thought of that about that before if right if, if he didn't play that court so it's like you feed off each other and that's the I mean, it's just like getting some kids in a, in a, in a garage and, and just rocking out. But if you think in a jazz terms, that's what jazz is all about. It's improvisation and having a conversation with each other. Right. And, and even, even if you're playing a pop song, you're still, it's still a conversation. It's an interaction. Should be. All should be. Yes. Yes. Because like you hear, you hear things now and everything is perfectly in tune. So when you, when you get to a vocal... Right. You have to auto-tune because there's no room. That's interesting. So I, I've been digging Billie Eilish. Yes. And, and I like her. Very well-produced records. And her brother, Phineas. He's a monster, man. That guy's yep. somebody to watch. But I saw an interview with her recently, and I, I was really impressed with one thing she said. Well, several things she said, but one thing in particular, she says, I refuse. I did it one time, and I'll never do it again. I will not auto-tune myself. 
Yes. Used to, uh, if I have to sing it for two days to get one phrase right, I'm going to do it, and it's not going to be auto-tuned. And, and I'm like, yes, fine. And there's and there's so many musicians that rely on that now. That's the danger but of some of the tools the, that we have. That's the, the technology. Get a you, preset button, and there you go. Oh, there's my mix is perfect. I don't know. have to know yeah. any of this. And you cannot be a slave to the technology. No, you have to learn and grow, man. I saw, yeah, you know, it's like good and evil and everything, you know, and I think that could be the downside of some of the technology where it's becoming so AI, artificial intelligence, where literally it's just all presets and this and that, and it spits out something that's pretty good, probably better than anything I ever did. Really know it and to study it and to actually do yeah. it creatively, that's a whole other place. That's a, yeah, that's a different level. Yeah. Growing up, I was never a huge fan of the Beach Boys. It just never really resonated with I, me. I, I, I'm, I'm talking about that. all the surf stuff and that. You know, it wasn't my thing. <laughs> right. uh, I can't surf in Tennessee. Right. There's no surfing in the streets of New York, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. But on YouTube now, you can get a lot of the acapellas. It's unreal, dude. And it is amazing because, you know, they had to work for those vocals. They couldn't just do it a couple of times and go, yeah, fix it. They had to work for it. That seems to be a thing that eludes people now. Right. The thing I love about technology is it's allowed anybody for a very small amount of money to get a little keyboard and sit in their bedroom and be- Absolutely. And dude, I'm all for it. It keeps people off the streets. It, it, it allows for, for thought and creativity and, and hopefully discovering that there's more to them than they realized and like all these things there's, there's way so much there within that whole of, of of going i have an idea and wow now wow i can really enjoy that idea you know so i'm a champion of that at the same time i do feel like the danger is that a lot of people don't become proficient necessarily on some of these devices because they don't really have to, because they can hit a button and go do 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 Right, yeah. Have one little finger going and it's like creating this thing. Or, you know, so I don't. Cool too. So I have these weird, it's kind of like a. It's uh, a love-hate relationship. It, it is, because I, I, I appreciate both sides of that. I just, I would just love to see more. I guess I'm just a live musician at heart, dude. You know? Yes. And I like to see live and, music. And that's the, the era that, that's the era we came up through. That's just, that's what it is. It's, you it's know, being an old fogey, but that's what it, I just, if, I love the technology, but I would like to see more interaction like you were talking about, playing off each other, playing off the machines too. Like if a machine can do something and you could actually respond to it in a different yeah. way, but maybe it doesn't do the same thing all the time. With all these tools that we now have and like yes. taking this and trying to do something different and new. I mean, that's always the goal for everybody. Right. Well, man, it's been, been an honor to spend some time with you, bud. Oh, it's and always a pleasure. Whoever's tuning in, it's all good, man. I just enjoyed the conversation and yeah. And we'll do it again, man. Let's do it. Let's definitely do it again. Yeah. Much love to you, Buzz. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.